Let's get together, talk about the movies that we saw this week. We'll have discussions, talk film news, we'll laugh a lot and act like geeks. Sometimes we'll have a guest or two, sometimes it's just the two of us. Let's crack some jokes and tell some folks to come along and hang with us! Mike and Mike go to the movies. Mike and Mike go to the movies. Yeah! You have chosen... Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of the podcast that was practicing social distancing before everyone else was because the two hosts live about 2,500 miles apart from each other. It's Mike and Mike go to the movies. Uh, my name is Mike Smith. Joining me as always is a man who asked that when I bring him out, can I introduce him as the guy who put baby in a corner? <laughs> <laughs> that reference will make more sense later on in the episode, I think. But uh, how are you doing today, Mike? <laughs> I'm doing great coming to you uh, live from week three of quarantine here uh, in New York. So that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no more exciting place to be than, than New York in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, right, Mike? <laughs> I mean, exciting is definitely a word you could use. Terrifying is probably the more appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's probably a, a more accurate word. But uh, yeah, you're still uh, just bunkered down in the house. You haven't left in like three weeks, right? Like literally never yep. even gone to the store or anything. Yeah, I haven't been further than uh, the curb to get the garbage fail. <laughs> doing great. That's <laughs> Mental health is great, guys. How you doing? What's happening with you? We are doing good. Also joining us in this episode is uh, our music supervisor, Kyle Cullen. Welcome back to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for uh, <laughs> jumping on this week. So, uh, you know, we were doing... Yeah, we were doing these kind of bonus episodes, uh, and we were doing, you know, just... It's basically just discussions and stuff like that. And I was thinking to myself, like, you know, it's great to be able to do that, but I don't want to just have to do that over and over again so i feel like bringing in the guests will you know add a little bit of variety to it and then we're going to start working on brainstorming other ideas for other kinds of bonus episodes until uh, such time as actual movies get to be released again in <laughs> in theaters who knows when that'll be exactly but uh <laughs> all of our theme songs you'll hear during a normal episode of mike might go to the movies were created by you kyle cullen our logo designed by jacob honeycutt or at jacob honey on twitter if you ever want to contact us respond to something we did in the show email us at mike might go to the movies at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at mike and mike pod so uh kyle how's quarantine going for you man i stopped going to work on march 17th okay uh and then i didn't go to work for two weeks straight and then my boss said hey we're shipping a ton of stuff we need you to come back. So <laughs> oof. I've been working for the last couple of days and we've been super busy because technically we're a fulfillment center and technically I can keep working. But those two weeks were rough, man. <laughs> yeah. st stuck at home doing yeah. nothing. Uh, that's fair. It's so I've, I mean, at least you're working again, but otherwise you're still just yeah. staying home, hunkering down, doing your thing, right? Pretty much. Yeah. If I'm not at work, I'm here and yeah. it's, it's a sad life to live. <laughs> i mean i don't know how you do it all the way out in montana <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair enough i'm still going to work at least i'm still yeah. doing my radio show uh and then coming home and doing nothing for hours and hours on end but uh <laughs> you know it's different like mike has been working from home i've been going to work you were just seriously not doing anything for two weeks were you going insane by the end of it uh yeah i was like legit like depressed for a while yeah and yeah I didn't know what to do with myself, and I found myself just sitting on the couch. I didn't want to watch a movie. I didn't want to play a video game. I was like, what the hell am I going to do? And <laughs> I started rewatching the TV show Psych for the third time <laughs> because that is yes. my feel-good show, and no matter what kind of mood I'm in, if I put it on, it will make me smile and laugh. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, how, how these bonus episodes typically work, we kind of do like a it's basically just a, an extended discussion segment here on Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, just as a bonus episode. 
Uh, and so, Kyle, since you've already brought it up, we'll start with you. Psych, how is it? It's still great. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, that's a, It's such a silly show, and it's it's clever. It's got great writing. And uh, I think my favorite thing about it is the cast. They all have so, like such great chemistry between Sean and Gus. It feels like a real friendship on screen because like sometimes they're having their best friends and they're doing stuff. And other times Gus wants to murder Sean. So <laughs> it feels very much like a real friendship. Not saying that I've ever wanted to murder you, Mike, but. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, of course, talking to my decree show. I know. Yeah, Wait yeah. a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just a feel good show. And when I was in week one and a half, I was just so down not having anything to do no contact with in-person contact with my friends or but so i threw it on and it put me in a much better mood it's a great show if you haven't seen it it's on okay. uh, amazon prime yeah i mean i've seen psych I, I used to watch it when it was on usa for like the first I don't know, two or three seasons and then i kind of fell off of it uh and then i was like blown away like years later when like there was just a huge cult of people who were like psych is the best show of all time <laughs> it's wild uh and mike d you were one of those people right <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Absolutely. Big time. Uh, as is uh, producer Colin, big fan of big fan of psych. Um, and uh, if you want to watch it a fourth time, USA has announced that I think for all of April, they're going to start re-airing uh, the entire show every day, uh, oh, starting, I think this week or next week or something like at, at oh, really? 8 p.m. or night. Yeah, I forget. Like uh, every night at whatever time they're going to air two episodes uh, for the rest of the month of psych That's and awesome. re redo the whole thing. Um, which is great because psych is absolutely the best. Well, so maybe second best, but the best is close. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I was always more of a monk guy anyway, but uh, <laughs> how dare you, but that's just me. It's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, wrong this, answer. this is the first episode of psych cast, by the way, where we're talking about every single episode of psych in chronological order. Hey, now, hey, now when they recast, when they recast young Sean, the biggest oh, turmoil in all of psych fandom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was I was watching I don't I don't remember if it was last night or the night before but they had uh, it was another Christmas episode and they recast uh, Gus's dad and that's I was like, the best running bit it's it's not it's not Gus's dad and it, but it was Keith David so oh, I was nice. like I can I can deal with this like, <laughs> at least they think, cast him with someone that's great isn't every Christmas special it's a different actor as Gus's dad right I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm watching it now. So when I get oh, okay, we'll one, find I'll out. Let you know, you know, as somebody who's uh, already watched the show twice through, Kyle, I feel like this is something you should know already. But okay, it's, it's, been, it's been a while since I watched it last. So it's been a while. I may be wrong. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's a uh, psych. Uh, how far did you make it into the show, Kyle, since uh, in that like week and a half of quarantine that you were doing? I'm about halfway through season three, maybe a little more than halfway through season three. All right. But are you committed to like finishing out the show? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm in, baby. <laughs> All the way up to the musical? No, the movie. Oh, yeah. I mean. I'm going to watch the musical. I'm going to watch the movie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything. Nice. I'm going to stage my own production of Psych in my living room with my dog. It's going to be great. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, all right, Mike, what do you got to uh, discuss this today? Uh, since we're on Feel Good, uh, Happy Times TV shows, uh, I'll talk about Community just hit Netflix. Yeah, the actual greatest yeah. show of all time. <laughs> that's, what I, when I, that's why I said maybe it's sec Psych is second best, maybe, uh, because of Community. Oh. I understand Neil has his own character named Duquesne that he's been playing for years, so I made these for you guys. Now take your time, choose your character carefully. They each have their own unique combination of strengths. Alrighty. Shouldn't there be a board or some pieces or something to Jenga? No, no, this is a role-playing game. It takes place entirely in our collective imagination. Ooh, yeah. Neil. I tell the story and you make choices in the story. 
Okay, let's begin. You were all standing on a country road. Legend has it the evil dragon Draconis dwells nearby, guarding a massive pile of treasure. Working as a team, your goal is to track down the dragon, kill him, and then claim the treasure as your own. Jeff, your turn. Oh, uh, it's my turn. Oh, um, what do I do? Roll dice? You tell me what you want to do. Then I roll the dice to see if you're successful. What are my choices? Okay, you're slowing things down, Jeff. Shirley, what do you want to do? I'd like to introduce myself to the group. Hello, I am a dwarf. Name Zippity Doo. Okay, I'm not the best at making up names. Oh, hey, I'm Marv. Boy, you weren't kidding. Hello, Marv. My name is Bing Bong the Archer. I'm an archer and such. I'm. Ew, Hector the Well Endowed? I'll bet. I didn't know you just grabbed one at random. I made that one with Troy in mind. Yeah, I bet you did. And yeah, this is a movie you made me, or movie, a TV show you made <laughs> me uh, watch in college. Uh, I had never yes. gotten around to watching it. And one time we were probably drunk at your house and you were like, okay, yep. listen. <laughs> you just put on the DVDs of Community. If you're going to be my friend, you got to <laughs> yeah. love Community. <laughs> you know, like the Which Spice Which is basically how it was. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> if you want to be my lover, you got to be really into Community. Is the yep. actual lyrics of the song. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the show's great. It's on Netflix. I'm so glad finally it's it's easily available. Uh, and it's all uh, every season, right? It's got the sixth. The Yahoo yeah. season is up all, there. Yeah, all all six seasons are there. Yeah, and that's very exciting. I'm about. I finished. Oh, almost finished season one. Uh, I've kind of just been you know a couple episodes here and there. When I'm in that mood where I'm like looking at the Italian horror Blu-rays and I'm like, ah, I don't think I'm in the mood to, to read subtitles right now. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to throw on a couple episodes of Community and Veg Out. And uh, man, it's th- those first couple episodes, I'll be honest, maybe not so great in 2020 where it's just Jeff constantly trying to like sneak his way into sleeping with Britta. Uh, but once he stops being like the main character, quote unquote, and it kind of just becomes about the study group and everything, which is like, yeah. you know, four or five episodes, uh, then it's like perfect. 10 out of 10 great show sure. but the show so. the show is also largely about jeff not being that guy anymore like it's about his right. character from that point forward so i mean it does start out that way but yeah i get that yeah yeah there's stuff like that in the early episodes of the show but i, I love community so much I actually speaking of community i mean it did just hit netflix in april uh it's been available on hulu and it's actually still available on hulu um it's on both right now um interesting and, and uh, i've been re-watching it i own every season on dvd but for some reason, I was rewatching it on Hulu. Um, I think just just <laughs> out of laziness, right. just out of laziness for not wanting to put the disc back and forth in my PS4 and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I was rewatching because my girlfriend uh, had never watched Community, and I was like, "Listen, if we're gonna be, if you're gonna be my lover, <laughs> you got you got to be really into Community." So uh, we started watching it, and we actually just finished our rewatch right before or right as Community hit Netflix. Uh, so I got to rewatch the finale and the whole Yahoo season for the first time in a long time. I think I'd only ever watched that season six through the one time on Yahoo screen, which um, I don't know if you, like a lot of people fell off the show after it was canceled by NBC and moved to Yahoo. Uh, and I was very committed to it. I stick with I stuck with it to Yahoo and the Yahoo season. I like a lot. But like watching it that year was really tough because the Yahoo screen interface was the worst. It was terrible. And it made it made watching the show very difficult where like it would cut to a commercial break and suddenly the episode would start over and that kind of oh thing. And like there was just a whole bunch of bugs with that system. And then it basically bankrupted Yahoo screen. Uh, and like it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore because they, they funneled so much money into being like, oh, we'll bring back this beloved show that people like. And, you know, it, it was great. I love they did it. But like it was obviously a bad move for the company. <laughs> Um, But I got to rewatch the final season again, which I think is very good. And I love the way the show just changes over time. Like it it is about that core study group for a long time, but then it changes by necessity. I mean, season four, it's still a bad season. 
um, just because that's the season <laughs> that, that's the season that Dan Harmon's not involved. He was fired from the show after season three. And then they right. did season four where they're trying to ape Dan Harmon's style and it's not working. And then Dan Harmon came back for season five and six. Um, but Chevy Chase left. Donald Glover leaves. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown leaves. And they have to start bringing in new characters. And the show changes to fit that. And it becomes about kind of just the, the changing nature of life and the way people kind of come and go in your life as things go on. And the finale, I think, watching it again, it, it was very emotional. And one of like I think one of the best series finales I've ever seen for a show. Uh, wow. So, yeah, I hope this uh, like I, I know when we were in college, Community was like when we were finishing college, season six was airing. I remember that was like it was like right before we graduated that uh, or when I graduated, at least that season six was like about to start or like it was it was starting right then. Uh, mm-hmm. And, it you know, and then it kind of ended with our college years, which was per- it perfectly lined up because like like us and our friend group, we were like all really into community. <laughs> Cause I, yeah. mostly because of me, like I got everybody into it, like freshman year, I was like, Hey, you guys got to check out the show. And you know, I had all the DVDs and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was a show that I really loved was pushing on everybody. And it became like our show as a group for uh, a long time. So uh, yeah, I'm excited that you're getting to rewatch the show, Mike, for uh, probably the first time since school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least like a whole rewatch. I've gone back and rewatched like the D and D episodes or like the paintball episodes, like just some specific sure. things where like, you know, this is really funny. I feel like watching it. Uh, but I haven't done the whole show and I actually have not seen season six. I never got, I, I think I tried the Yahoo thing and was like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I'm out of here. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to finally actually see it. Yeah. And Kyle, uh, you've never watched community and I've told you to watch it a million times and you should watch it. Uh, just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was it back in high school is when that show started and you kept trying to get me to watch it. It was 2009. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, we were in yeah. high school. It was the, it was NBC's Thursday night lineup, which was like appointment viewing for me every Thursday. I would be there uh, because that's when the office was on 30 rock was on parks and rec was on and community premiered October, 2009. And it was on like right after the office. And I was like, just, like hooked from the pilot. And then like, it just got so much better every week. And I was like, this is incredible. And like, you know, it was one of those things I got like immediately attached to right away. And I was like, Kyle, you got to watch this. And you never did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, to be fair, you you brought a couple DVDs over to my house and made me watch at least one episode. I think I made you um, watch like the video game episode from season three or something like that. At I one think point. that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, the only reason I haven't watched it or didn't watch it was because I knew that it was driving you fucking nuts. <laughs> um, and that was fun for me. But now that it's on Netflix and uh, we live in quarantine world, I will definitely get to it. And okay. I am looking forward to watching it because I know how much you love it. It is so and good. I am now a fan of Dan Harmon uh, oh, through Rick his and other Morty. works, through yes. Rick and Morty and like Harmon Quest. But yeah, I'm excited to give that a shot. And once I'm done with Psych, I will start Community. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is so crazy to me how Rick and Morty like almost overshadowed Community immediately in terms of uh, like yeah. how much people know about it and popularity. Like no. in terms of connecting with an audience, Rick and Morty gained one so fast and Community had to struggle every day of its <laughs> every day of its existence to try to like claw to whatever audience it had. And uh, Rick and Morty, like, you know, I remember watching Rick and Morty that first week it was on because it, it, it Rick and Morty premiered around the same time as season five of community. Um, Cause Dan Harmon like made it like kind of co-created the show while he was like fired from community doing when they were doing season four. Uh, and so season five of community and Rick and Morty season one were airing at the same time. I remember watching Rick and Morty and being like, this is really great, but I hope it's not like another community where like, you know, nobody watches it and it gets canceled or whatever and all that stuff. And then like a couple of weeks later, somebody was like, like our roommates had like gone out to like a party and they came back and they're like, Hey, our buddy was watching the show Rick and Morty. It's from the guy who made community. And I was like, yeah, guys, it's great. I've been telling you about it. And like, <laughs> and, like that was my first indication. Like, well, people outside of my circle are watching a Dan Harmon show. This is really weird. And then like <laughs> by the end of season one of Rick and Morty, it was already like a phenomenon. I feel like. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that much later in like internet culture, like and memes right. and that stuff. Like it immediately had that that entire community of people uh, <laughs> <laughs> were hooked in Rick and Morty. Plus, it was airing on Adult Swim, I feel like, and it was just it was yeah. more easily accessible for like that audience, I guess, in terms of like community, which was always fighting for a broadcast network audience that was just never going to get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, community, it's great. It's on Netflix now. Everybody should be watching it. My my biggest hope right now is that uh, Netflix funds the community oh, yeah. movie. You know, that's like I feel like oh. if it if it gets that big surge of popularity, you know, the hashtag six scenes in the movie could theoretically become a reality. Who knows if they could actually get that together? All those cast members are doing different things now. Allison Brie's on Glow, and Donald Glover's doing a million things. I mean, if they make the movie, I don't really expect Donald Glover to come back. But, but no, you know, I, I think. Um, but everybody else, I think, would be game, except for Chevy Chase. But they they write his character out anyway. Um, <laughs> he doesn't count. But like you know, most of the other characters, you know, I, th- I think like Joel McHale, Allison Brie, Danny Pudi, Gillian Jacobs, like they would all be down. Uh, you know, Jim Rash, Ken John, like everybody, like every like that cast still does does like reunion panels and stuff like that. I think Dan Harmon had talked about the possibility of Donald Glover coming back. And he was like, I'm pretty sure Donald views this show as like creative puberty where like, (laughs) where like he was on it and it was good. But like, as soon as he was over, he went and created like an Emmy winning TV show on FX and he became like the biggest rapper of all time and all this stuff. So uh, yeah. And he's in star Wars movies now. It's, it's all that stuff. Uh, Remember when Donald Glover was in a Star Wars movie, by the way? That's pretty wild. (laughs) I do. That movie that no one remembers so low. He fucked the robot. He did. He definitely fucked that robot. Oh, sure. For sure. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so Community, it's on Netflix now. People should go watch it so they can try to make that movie happen that I've been waiting for for my life. Although, I mean, the series finale Community, I think, is a perfect ending to the show. But if they made the movie, I'd be really excited. Anyway. I got to talk about what I want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> want to briefly mention still watching the Sopranos uh, season one. I'm still on. I believe I'm on episode 10. Still really good. Really good show. People should watch it if they haven't watched it. Still one of the, you know, I mean, it's the Sopranos, you know, generally considered great. It's still great. Uh, people should watch it. And uh, but I, I also wanted to actually mention uh, I finally finished playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, finally. Yeah, finally. I, I think I got the game around Christmas time. I did get it for Christmas. And then I played it like once in January and then like once in February and then like maybe once at the beginning of March. And then finally, as the quarantine set in, I was like, all right, it's time to finally plow through Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, it's pretty good. Solid. I enjoyed it. I think um, it took me a while to get into the story. Uh, And then once the story starts getting going, I was like, all right, I'm getting kind of into this. And then the game ends. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it is one of those things where it's like, okay, now that the game is over. I kind of like all these characters. I'm enjoying them interacting with each other. And I will, I would like to see an adventure that those characters are on. I wish I was at this point at the beginning of the game. <laughs> it feels like the game I really wanted to play is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Um, mm. But as it is, it's pretty solid. Uh, the combat's pretty good. You know, the worlds are really fun to explore and all that stuff. And the ending of the game is really, is really fun. Like the stuff that happens in there is pretty crazy. But then like, as soon as it was over, I um I finally was like, all right, I finished it. I fall in order. Let me go to the video game shelf and finally pick out a game that I've been meaning to play for a long time and haven't gotten around to, which was the 2018 new version of God of War. And as soon as I started playing God of War, I was like, oh, this is a million times better than Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> it's like, because it's very similar. It's, it's, you know, it's sort of a similar kind of combat structure and it's a similar, like, just the way, you know, it's designed where you're climbing and you're fighting and like all that stuff and you have this exploration and stuff going on. Um, but you know, you're immediately wrapped into the story and the visuals are so much better. And it's just, it's such a more fluid game. 
uh, where Jedi Fallen Order is a very glitchy game too. It feels like it's very like it's so. very jerky and like I don't I, I wasn't all about that. But I did enjoy the game. I enjoyed just Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I if there was a sequel, I'll probably play it because I am kind of invested in that story now. But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I wish it was better, but it's pretty good as it is. Uh, I know, Mike, you play a little bit of Fallen Order and Kyle, I'm sure you beat it and finished it, right? Yeah, I really liked it because um, I EA has left a really bad taste in my mouth with their handling of their Star Wars games. Uh, Battlefront 2, when that came out, was a shit show. They have since <laughs> fixed it. Okay. It's actually a pretty fun game now. But the release of that was horrendous so when they announced they were doing a single player story driven game no multiplayer after they had like gone on record saying oh people don't want to play single player story games anymore uh, i was like oh they're gonna fucking botch this game it's gonna be terrible <laughs> and so i went in with really low expectations and it like completely surpassed them like you said it's buggy and glitchy but I think the story is a lot of fun. I think the characters are all well-written and interesting for the most part. The bad guys, the villains, I think are really interesting. The main villain specifically, uh, I think she's super interesting. And it's just, it's a Star Wars game. And you get to fucking swing lightsabers around. Like, <laughs> that's not to like. Yeah, I mean, I figure that sounds like your reaction. You're the person who has a Death Star <laughs> tattoo on your leg and all that yeah. stuff. But, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. You know, it's solid enough, but it does. It just felt like, you know, every time I got kind of invested in a character, it's like, all right, and we're going to leave that character behind for a long time and then maybe bring them up at the end. I don't know. Uh, like your two your two companions are just on the ship the entire game and you don't actually talk to them for most of the game. <laughs> so yeah. I didn't really feel any kind of connection with them for a lot of the time. And then by the end of it, they kind of start getting more ingrained in the story. And I was like, great, this is what I should have been doing the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but as it is pretty solid game mike i know you started it and didn't finish it right uh yeah fallen order i haven't finished it um i was playing it a lot uh for a while i got really into like the exploration and the, the whole like you know having to backtrack thing it's like a dark souls game kind of deal and yeah. um it was fun uh for a bit and then i started just getting really frustrated with like the kind of grindiness of it uh a yeah. tiny bit so i just turned the difficulty down i was like fuck what, what am i doing why am i making this hard for myself fuck it <laughs> yep uh, i did the same thing and yeah i i was uh i think i was playing on like normal mode and i was like i'm just gonna like there's a mode that says like play this if you only want to like really know the story and don't want a combat challenge and i was like perfect give me that <laughs> i'm in yeah and it's fun to be able to just start mowing through all the enemies that were killing me before uh right and that, that was fun but eventually i f i forget what came up but i stopped playing it you know one of those things, um, which I also happened to do with God of War for some reason, because that game's incredible. Uh, but I did the same thing where I played it for like two weeks or a week and then, you know, kind of got sidetracked. My friends were like, hey, let's play this game all together instead. And I was like, well, OK, yeah. yeah. And then I just never went back to God of War yet. But uh, like like Kyle said, we're in quarantine world now. So uh, all bets are off on what what <laughs> stuff I go back to. I even redownloaded yeah. uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which I didn't finish when I played it uh, last time. Uh, so I'm going to start playing that. You're going to bring back every every video game. Spider-Man, why not? Fuck it. Yeah, do it. I, I was thinking of restarting Spider-Man, too. I was actually thinking about the same thing. You know what? Spider-Man, <laughs> great fucking game. We should Thank all just you. we should all just be play, we should all do like a um, like a Skype chat, like a Netflix watch party. But of us just playing Spider-Man, <laughs> I think I think that's Twitch, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but but like we're all playing at the same time. Is that a thing we I do see. on Twitch? OK, I don't actually no, know. I, I don't know I, how the I, we'll figure works. it out. Um, but speaking of God of War, Kyle, you wanted to uh, bring up some God of War related stuff, right? 
Yes, I have recently replayed through the entire God of War franchise, not counting like the side games. Yeah. Uh, is this, God of War 1, 2, is this, your, is this your quarantine stuff from before you started watching Psych? No, this was actually pre-quarantine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I finished God of War, uh, the new one, when quarantine started. Okay. So mm. um, uh, I had gotten PS Now, which is the PlayStation streaming service. And I was like, you know what? I only ever played God of War 2. I never played the first one. Never played the third one. Okay. Like, oh. And I've been itching to play the new one again. I'm like, you know what? Before I do that, let me play these old ones and play them. I've I'd never done it before. Yeah. Playing through the first three games. You, you, have you played all the old God of Wars? I have, but not since high school. Like I played through all of them, like like around the time God of War three came out. So it was like one, mm-hmm. two, and then three came out, and I played that. But yeah, that was probably like junior or senior year of high school or whatever. And I have I have not touched them since. Uh, yeah. And so I have only vague memories of them, but I remember really liking, especially two and three. One, I remember thinking was okay, but two and three yeah. I was really into. One was okay. Two is fantastic. And yeah. three, I think, is also pretty good. But I wanted to replay them because I wanted to see the contrast between that Kratos and this Kratos. Yeah. And man, it's they could not have done a better job with the new uh, God of War and how they treated Kratos. In the first three games, he's just this vengeful, rage-filled, killing machine. And all he does is want to murder gods and just destroy everything in front of him. In this new game, he's a little quieter, a little more reserved. He's like, we we don't have to do this. We don't have to murder gods. Like, we're... (laughs) I have like, come here to better. chew bubblegum and kill gods. <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> and gods or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he, oh, in the original, in the Greek mythology, yeah. he's all out of gods. <laughs> he got them all. Yeah. Um, but I was, I had, I was talking about it with my coworker who just uh, beat the new one. He's like, you know, I, I didn't really like the ending. It was kind of meh. And I was like, well, if you had just played the original three, like I just did, you could see like <laughs> the, this ending is like it's super cathartic to see Kratos be the way he is at the end of the game as okay. he, compared to as he was at the end of the third game. Because at the end of the third game, you just punch Zeus's head. Till it's yeah, gone. I, I was just, like the end of the third game, just you beating the shit out of Zeus like a million times. Right. Like that's Un- until, like... until your screen turns red and you right. can't see anything. It still wants you <laughs> to mash the buttons. And the controller's still vibrating, but you yeah. can't see anything anymore. Um, but just like the the contrast of that ending and the ending of God of War Four, uh, or the new God of War, is just it's just so well written. <laughs> and like I said, they just treated Kratos with so much respect, and it's so fucking good. All those games are great, but God of War Four is a masterpiece. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I just started playing it as soon as I finished Fallen Order. And like I said, like it was the difference was night and day. Like I was so hooked with the new God of War immediately. And I'm so excited mm-hmm. to keep playing that game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very excited to uh, get on that journey. It only gets better. Awesome. And uh, just a real quick for for another video game thing uh, with these, you know, classic franchises. I think Uncharted the Collection, which is the first three, is on the PlayStation Spring Sale right now. 
And Uncharted yep. 4 is the PlayStation Plus free game this month. So if you want to play all four right Uncharted oh. games. I mean, I fucking love Uncharted. Uh, and I already own them all. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I played through all four of them last year. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One of my favorite franchises ever. And Unch- I mean, Uncharted 2, one of my favorite games of all time. Uncharted 4 is like very close up there, too. I mean, they're both incredible. Yeah. Uncharted 1, great. Uncharted, Uncharted 3, I think, is a little bit like, eh, I mean, the first half of it's great. And the second half is like, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it's a little weird, but that's like the only like down spot in the entire series that I think like, it's an awesome, awesome franchise. Was it? Remember yeah. when Fallen Order came out and I told you that there's straight up an Uncharted sequence in the game? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And which it literally it, like the opening sequence of Fallen Order is the opening sequence of Uncharted 2, like beat for yeah. beat. It's nuts. <laughs> a train and everything. Yep. Uh, but all right. So that's God of War. Mike, what else you got to uh, discuss today? Um, you know, I forget. Uh, no. OK. Uh, I watched on Netflix also. I was trying. I thought I had a video game thing, but I don't have a video game thing. <laughs> um, uh, I watched on Netflix uh, Ben Wheatley's 2016 Free Fire. Burn these boys from across the pond. Well, everyone's from somewhere, eh? Justine, how you talk? It's gorgeous as ever. Well, you've uh, put on a bit of weight. Did somebody impregnate you? Fucker. Good. Still a chance. What the fuck is that accent? Oh, I think it's like Swiss or something. Austrian. Oh, that's Austrian. What do you say we check out the merch? That's why we're here. Eh? <laughs> She's a bit shy. So. You'll be pleased to know that I have a whole truckload of these gorgeous dolls just outside, and they're all looking for dance partners. Is that what we ordered? You're a little bit rude, eh? I was presenting the merch, and you start chirping the bird there. He says it's not what he ordered. Fuck, really? Uh, Let me explain. What, uh, what so did you order? We ordered M16s. We ordered them. Notice. Is an AR-70, different weapon. It's not what I ordered. Did you teach your boy some manners? Learn a thing or two from the English. Uh, last week I talked about uh, Kill List, which is you know another Ben Wheatley joint. And I think uh, the only two Ben Wheatley movies that I n- knew I had seen was Kill List and uh, A Field in England. And those two are great. I love both of those movies. They're like artsy sort of horror, folk horror stuff. And uh, I was really interested to see what else Ben Wheatley like does. Um, And I went to his newest movie, which was Free Fire, which I know uh, didn't get a great reception uh, when it came out. It got no. I mean, there were definitely it definitely had its fans. Uh, Actually, me and Kyle went to go see the movie together. I remember. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, And I remember, Kyle, you were a fan of the movie, if I recall correctly. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I didn't think it was like the godfather but (laughs) it was was a good time i didn't walk out of that movie like when we walked out of the fantastic four reboot and just like in tears uh (laughs) because it's so good and like this this was good this was fun had a good time yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I was a lot more mixed on it. I thought it was just okay. But Mike, what was your take on Free Fire now that you watched it? Yeah, it's mostly okay. It's pretty fine. Um, I feel it's so the the whole plot, the whole like you know shtick of Free Fire is that it's basically a ninety minute shootout for the whole movie. Uh, yeah, it's got Brie Larson, Cillian Murphy, Michael Smiley from we talked about for last week with Kill List, yep. uh, Army Hammer, Charlotte Copley, uh, just some great you know character actors that I really like, uh, and those guys, and. 
you know, it's an arms deal and shit goes south and it becomes just a shootout in this warehouse for the rest of the movie. And uh, I don't know, like it was kind of okay. I feel like it didn't, it didn't really wow me on an action level or a comedy level. Like it's trying to be an action comedy and I feel like it didn't do either one particularly well for me, but that's just not to say like it's bad. It was right. just like kind of fine, you know? Yeah, I just I wish that like it had had been, you know, I guess it was was it pre John Wick? No, I don't think it was. Right. Yeah, this is after John Wick came out. Yeah, you're right. So I, I wish it had like the John Wick action or had been very funny. Um, and it just kind of like did both sort of OK. Uh, so, that you know, that's that's my take on Free Fire. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. I remember thinking when I when I left the theater, like that feels like it should have been more fun than it was. Uh like yeah you know i mean that cast in like you know just shooting at each other for 90 minutes like i should be all about this movie and i just wasn't like as you know as big on it as i wanted to be which was a bummer but uh you know i'm i'm glad you got to check it out uh and your journey through the filmography of ben wheatley continues i guess i mean you yeah should, i continues. think you might you might like high rise which um is a movie i also thought was just okay but it has a lot of fans uh it's got like tom hiddleston it's an adaptation of a novel it's uh worth checking out um that was like from 2015 okay. i think I mean, but I think I think Free Fire might have been his last movie, actually. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Exactly yeah, it was sure. his most recent movie. Um, but yeah, so that's Free Fire from 2016. And then uh, I wanted to mention a movie that I watched this past weekend, which I mostly watched just for like just to check it off my list kind of thing. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm a huge, huge Steven Spielberg fan. You know, I love me some Spiels, as as they say. Right. I'm a Spielhead in the industry. In the exactly. <laughs> um but steven spielberg is one of my favorite directors and there's i've seen almost everything he's done there are three steven spielberg movies that i have not seen uh and one of them is always which was from 1989 which i actually own on blu-ray now so i'm gonna because part of a steven spielberg box set that i have so i'm gonna watch that eventually i've also not seen the color purple um because that one's like you know just not available like it's harder to get on disc or whatever i couldn't get the netflix disc and it does doesn't exist uh, it is available to rent, so I'm going to watch that at some point soon. But the other movie that I had not seen was 1997's Amistad, which uh, have you have either of you guys seen this movie? I've never even heard of it. OK, fair. I think I watched this. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I watched this in like a history class or something uh, gotcha. in, in in high school or college or one of those deals. Yeah, this was a, this was 97. So Steven Spielberg, for some context here, 93, he pulled off one of the most incredible double feats any director has ever done. He came out with Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year. Like, you know, he's working on both movies at the same time. Both what? movies came out in the same year. Yeah, two all-time classics of two wildly different genres. You know, one, like, one of the ultimate massive blockbusters and one of the ultimate great prestige dramas. He came out with both of them the same year. Four years later, he had not made a, he hadn't made a movie since after that. 97, he tried to do it again. He made two big movies, one another prestige drama and one another big blockbuster. The big blockbuster was The Lost World Jurassic Park. Uh, and Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like the, the world did not have the reaction that Mike just did to The Lost, <laughs> to the Lost World. The world did not, hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the prestige movie was Amistad. And it, it was definitely a step down from, 90, from Spielberg's 93 in any case. But uh, so Amistad was also the first movie that Spielberg made under the DreamWorks banner. He like, you know, co-created DreamWorks, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and they, you know, made a whole lot of movies under that company's name. Amistad was Spielberg's first movie doing that with. Uh, and this is a movie about a slave rebellion in the 1800s that Matthew McConaughey, he's a lawyer and he has to like defend the slaves and or they're, they're not slaves. They're free men who were taken from, you know, Africa and the slave trade and they never actually made it to America. So he's like, you know, defending them on their behalf. Uh, 
And, you know, uh, Jumin Hunzu is like kind of the head African guy in the movie. And, uh, you know, it's I think it's an interesting concept. It's, you know, them just being stuck in America, not speaking a word of English, trying to, you know, communicate with Matthew McConaughey and him having to defend them. Anthony Hopkins is in the movie as a John Quincy Adams. Uh, and, you know, it's all that stuff. And it's just a very dry historical movie. It's one of those ones where it's like, this is a period piece and it's, you know, very stuffy and everybody just kind of talks in these like these grandeur but also monotone kind of voices and you know it's definitely <laughs> one of spielberg's lesser movies i would say it's mm. it has its moments there's some very good performances i think juman hunsu is great in the movie but for the most part it's you know it's it's mostly i think at this point for spielberg completists like myself whereas like i i mostly just wanted to watch it so i can cross it off my spielberg list and be like all right i got like two more spielberg movies to go let's do this kind of thing but for what it's worth, like, you know, it's Spielberg. There's, you know, some good cinematography, some good stuff in the movie. Uh, the John Williams score is a little distracting. I feel like he doesn't really capture the mood of the thing. And it is also weird. I feel like it's largely focused on the white guys in the movie where it's about slaves. So it's like, ah, it's one of those things where it's like, it feels like the focus of the story should be elsewhere uh, in a lot of the sequences uh, that it's going for. But Amistad, it is what it is. One of Spielberg's lesser movies. Uh, I think it might have been nominated for some Oscars, but not that many. Like, it did not hit the way that like, Schindler's List hit in 93. Luckily, Spielberg bounced back a year later with Saving Private Ryan uh, hmm. and all was right with the world, but still. Calling <laughs> that a bounce back is a bit of an understatement. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's Amistad from 97. I finally watched it this past weekend. Uh, Kyle, you got more on your list? I do. I recently, by recently, like two nights ago, uh, watched Onward on Disney Plus, the nice. new uh, Disney Pixar movie, and it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, <laughs> what do you got? No. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I I actually saw Onward. I think I talked about it on the podcast uh, a little while back, but uh, yeah, on, Onward. I got to see it the opening weekend in theaters. Turned out to be one of the last movies I got to go see in theaters before everything <laughs> started <laughs> shutting down. Um, but yeah, I also really, I enjoyed it. I think it's, you know, it's lesser Pixar and I think it takes a little while to get going, but I think, you know, once it gets to where it wants to be, it's really solid. One of the things that I like about it is how like dorky it is. Like it's a lot of Dungeons and Dragons stuff and like everyone is like trolls and centaurs, unicorns and manticores and like that genre I'm a big fan of. Sure. So seeing it on screen in this style was a lot of fun. And I think the the performances all around are generally pretty good. Story's pretty good. It's it's just kind of a pretty middle of the road movie. I didn't love it more than anything, and I yeah, it's it it was good. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, and that's on Disney Plus now, uh, which is nuts because it was in theaters, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those like just weird things that had to happen because of this. I mean, like when it came out in theaters, it had already like kind of underperformed. It didn't it didn't do as well as I think they wanted it to. Uh, and that might be partially because like coronavirus fears had already started to set in and people weren't going to the movies as much. Um, and then like two weeks later, all theaters basically shut down. Uh, and so it was, you know, basically taken out of theaters, put on VOD like two weeks for like two weeks. And then after the two week period, they were like, all right, let's just put it on Disney Plus. So now people can watch it for free if they have mm-hmm. Disney Plus. Uh, so, uh, Mike, you, Mike, you don't have Disney Plus, but, uh, you know, I think Onward is a movie that you would enjoy um because it is because like kyle says it is like you know dungeons and dragons and all that like fantasy stuff that you're into yeah everyone i've talked to you uh that is also into the D stuff was like yeah it's like a D movie it, it counts we're gonna take that as ours uh <laughs> we're, we're gonna claim that as one cool. of ours <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so i definitely am interested in it eventually uh but it's not gonna be the thing that gets me to subscribe to uh disney plus <laughs> <laughs> well 
what would it take to get you to subscribe to Disney Plus? Just curious, Mike, because I mean you've been pretty vocal about your um, disdain for the streaming service uh, of Disney yes. Plus in general, uh, and you you have watched The Mandalorian, but you did it through extra legal means. Correct. So, so what would it take to get you to subscribe to Disney Plus? Just out of curiosity. Uh, you know, I think that's a I'll know it when I see it kind of thing, because for now, it's pretty much nothing. Uh, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I have, have no they, interest in it. They have David Lynch's The Straight Story on there now. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. Oh, wow. <laughs> which is a David Lynch movie that I've never seen. Uh, and so I'm actually going to be using a Disney Plus to watch that, which is just we- I mean, that's a weird one because it is like uh, a movie he made with Touchstone, which is owned by Disney. Um, and I think it's the, ah. only, the only one that he has. But it's like a rated G David Lynch movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which that's is a, a bizarre Wild. concept to think about, but I'm excited to watch it. Uh, so yeah, that's like that's on Disney Plus now, so I will be watching that in the near future. Um, but that me me telling you that's not enough to get you to hook up. What if Disney Plus got a racer head? Not and, quite. Like, just the re- the really weird <laughs> shit. He signs an exclusive deal, not with Criterion, <laughs> but with Disney right. Plus. <laughs> what if Twin Peaks season four <laughs> airs exclusively All right. All right. on Disney Plus? All right, then I guess I'd be in. <laughs> that's what it would take that's what it would take to make some calls all right (laughs) i'm gonna call david lynch in my personal phone uh all right mike uh, i think you have one more movie on your list right yes yeah a couple uh i guess months ago now i don't really quite remember all these blu-ray purchases blend into one uh but arrow had a big sale and uh i bought like eight or nine uh giallo movies which are those italian horror things we keep talking about and uh i snuck one extra other different movie and that is 1973's day of the jackal this is not a a italian horror movie it's like a you know british french um early 70s uh you know thriller political intrigue things and the the plot of this movie is um Charles de Gaulle in this early 60s has uh, liber- allowed uh, give, given Algeria independence and the uh, kind of like paramilitary people in France are pissed. So they try to yeah. assassinate him in the first. This is all like the first five minutes. And it's really it's done in a kind of like matter of fact uh, montage with this like very proper voiceover, like a history special thing, which I thought was pretty cool. And uh, they try to assassinate him and fail. So they decide uh, this kind of, you know, extremist group decide to hire a hitman like a contract killer because uh, now now all this this extremist group are like wanted men and everyone knows who they are so they hire a hitman who's unknown in france to try to take out charles de gaulle who's the president of france and it kind of just becomes this uh like i said this kind of or you know early 70s intense crime thrill not crime thriller per se but like uh you know paranoia who's listening who's listening who's wiretapped uh you know like the conversation and like all those kind of movies those every robert redford movie we love uh you know all that stuff except this is all british people and french people uh and it's really intense and it kind of becomes just procedural like it's all about the jackal which is like the hitman's code name uh as he just tries to work out his plan and what he's going to do and how he's going to pull this off and him assembling all the parts that he needs and uh somehow i forget uh, exactly how like the police get word of like you know what's going oh they capture one of the guys that's what it is they capture some guy and interrogate him and he lets loose you know he lets out that there's uh the jackal is being you know, hired uh, and uh, it kind of becomes about these detectives and you know the secret police trying to track him down and uh it's really cool uh there's a lot of like random like british car- I don't, it's really odd that it's all british people but they're just they're supposed to be french like everyone just has a british yeah. accent uh like all the actors <laughs> but uh yeah like Br- Br- derek jacoby who's in a lot of like uh kenneth brana shakespeare plays and is a bit an actor forever he's uh in this and and one guy uh michael lonsdale i wrote down because he's the main detective guy 
who uh, is tasked with tracking down the jackal. But in Ronin, which is another movie we both own from the Arrow Blu-ray, uh, yep. he's the old dude that Robert De Niro goes to visit that's painting the samurai miniatures. Uh, that's okay. him. That's the guy. He's the main detective guy in this, uh, which I thought was like a cool little like I'm going to pretend it's the same universe connected character thing because uh, like it's, you know, about tracking down hitmen and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's that's Day of the Jackal. And I think this won a bunch of awards and it's like, you know, a pretty famous movie. Uh, yeah, really good. It was really it's kind of a little long in that, you know, early 70s thriller way where it's like kind of slow and plotting and stuff like that. But really intense and and all the paranoia and cat and mouse games are, are fun to watch. So that's Day of the Jackal. Yeah, fair enough. Day of the Jackal. It sounds awesome. Uh, and I may try to keep an eye out for that at the next Arrow video sale uh, when that comes around, which actually yeah, they just had another they just had another one recently, um, by the way. God uh, damn it. Which I ended up buying like four <laughs> more Blu-rays off of that, including their new RoboCop uh, <laughs> copy, which is oh, nice. it's pristine. I mean, I haven't bought it. I haven't like gotten it yet, but like it looks so good. Uh, so I'm very excited about <laughs> that. Um, but yes, yeah, so it's Day of the Jackal. It's available on Arrow Video. I have one more movie to talk about as well. Uh, and this is, you know, an 80s classic that, uh, and I've seen most of the, you know, general 80s classics, like the pop culture moment movies kind of thing. I've seen most of those. I had not seen this one until this past weekend. Uh, and I'm talking about 1987's Dirty Dancing. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Sorry about the disruption, folks. But I always do the last dance of the season. This year, somebody told me not to. So I'm gonna do my kind of dancing with a great partner, who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me that there are people willing to stand up for other people, no matter what it costs them. Somebody who's taught me about the kind of person I wanna be. Miss Francis Housen. Sit down, Jake. What? Never, never got around to it. Never saw it. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing my, by that reaction, Mike, you've seen it. I mean, yeah, and I'm shocked that that is that is one of the like you know cultural t- touchstone '80s classic sure. movies. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. Yeah, Kyle, have you seen Dirty Dancing? Nope. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I think you know. I think growing up, maybe it was just because it was like you know I had the you know teenage boy mentality of like ah it's a chick flick whatever and I don't I don't need to watch it. Uh, you know, in the same way where I was like, you know, I don't need to watch The Princess Bride. It's about princesses and brides. And then I watched it like when I was like 10 and I was like, this is amazing. This is great. I was. This is one of those yeah. kissing books, is it? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Dirty Dancing was kind of the same way. Uh, and then this past weekend, my girlfriend and I were, you know, kind of on the couch watching TV and uh, we we're kind of scrolling through the cable channels. Uh, Dirty Dancing was coming up on Freeform in like five minutes. And she was like, this, this is one of my favorite movies. We should watch it. And I was like. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's there. So we watched it in freeform. Uh, I think there was like a little bit of censorship going on. Like there was moments where you can tell somebody says the word asshole and it's like, ah, ass. And, you know, that. Uh, But pretty good movie. I I, I enjoyed it. I mean, (laughs) you know, I think it's a good movie to uh, relax to watching freeform, you know, drinking a beer, get in between commercial breaks and stuff like that. You know, it's a perfectly paced cable movie. I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where it's not like it doesn't take up too much of your brain space, you know, like I feel like you can relax a little bit while you're watching it 
and just kind of enjoy it. But the dancing sequences are really great. Jennifer Grey's really great. Patrick Swayze's really great in it. Jerry Orbach as the dad's a lot of fun. We talked about him a little bit in the uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum episode we just did. He's in The Sentinel from 1977, which is a crazy movie, uh, and he's in that as well. And the, the finale, really good. You know, it's, it is one of those things where it's, it feels weird. The movie takes place in the 60s. You know, it's one of those things. Right. Like, it takes place in, like, 1963. The Vietnam War is happening. There's talk about the war going on. But the aesthetic of the movie is so 80s that it clashes with that so much. And it, <laughs> it makes for a very weird viewing experience. And Patrick Swayze's character is the most 80s thing I've ever seen. So it's, like, it's just a very weird, like, combination of things where it's, like, this is an 80s movie, but it takes place in the 60s, kind of. Um, so, <laughs> technically yeah technically this takes place in 1963 but uh yeah dirty dancing pretty solid i enjoyed it three and a half out of five stars is uh, my official there you go letterbox review maybe i would like it even more if i didn't watch it on cable but there you have it so yeah that's dirty dancing and uh i believe that's the end of my list and mike that's the end of your list too right as far as uh stuff goes correct okay kyle you got anything else you wanted to uh, throw in there no nah, i'm good <laughs> anything at all you the floor is yours i'm giving you permission to just say whatever you want actually uh i do have one thing that i want okay. to bring up it's not that thing that i told you about uh before we started talking about this that other video okay i played a video game called <laughs> control that made me re-examine my personal biases about uh female leads in video games uh i didn't play it before i'm going to now uh, this is, I feel like you need to give more context than just that. What do you no, that's, that's all you need. <laughs> all right. Uh, fair enough. Play Control. It's a great game. Um, all right. But a couple, like when the quarantine first started, I was sitting at my computer and I was just recording some music and I got so bored. I, I have a ton of music that I'm just sitting on that I'm not putting out a couple different styles of music. And I decided, yeah. you know, what would be pretty cool is if I put these all in a folder and I just put them out to my friends like, hey, if you want to sing on this or yell on this or do something fun take it and take one of these songs you a couple people can do the same song see what happens and two people have done it so far um my friend mike who is my coworker, uh and my friend adam they took both these songs and put their own like their own flavor on it and it's so cool to that collaboration that this thing that i wrote for that i've been sitting on for years and then I gave it to this person and then now he is putting his like, oh, I hear this. This is what I think should go here. Yeah. And then he sends it back to me. I'm like, oh, wow, I never would have done that. This is super cool. I the one that my friend Mike did. It's a 30 second long song. It's it's short, <laughs> but it's like super heavy, like metal and down tuned and loud. And he rapped and yelled over it. <laughs> and wow. I would have never done that. And I. And it was so cool. And one of the songs that I put in that folder, I actually recorded over and I put it on my YouTube channel. And it's called Stay the Fuck Inside. Yes. <laughs> and it's a song about the whole quarantine and just staying the fuck inside. I hit that point pretty hard in the song. <laughs> um, I wrote it after seeing all the people at like Clearwater Beach in Florida. Right. And that that one guy's like, yeah, if I get Corona, I get Corona. It's not going to stop me from partying. It just pissed me the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I think during this time, this like quarantine time, if you make art, you should take this time to like really like fucking go for it and sure. collaborate with people. Cause that's not something I've ever really done is I'll sit in my room and just write for days. And then I'll never show that music to anybody <laughs> other than like <laughs> Sam or my dad. 
Sure. <laughs> like, I'll just show them what I'm working on. But it, in the, in this time, I think it's really cool for the other people who are also stuck at home who maybe they don't write music, but they're a singer and you do write music and you're not really a singer. So you give it to them <laughs> and they can put their thing on it. And I, th- I think it's it was it was a lot of fun. I've still got a couple friends who are like sitting with some songs and putting stuff on them. So I can't wait to hear back. But yeah, take this time to like do the thing that you really like doing. Cool. Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to say that I'm offended that we are not among the people that you sent these tracks to that we hey, record I, our I, own I, version I, of. I put it on my Facebook page. It's public. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to sing on these songs, you're more than welcome to. We'll podcast over the songs. How about that? <laughs> do, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I did, I did really love uh, the Stay the Fucking Side song that you put out uh, on Facebook and on YouTube and stuff. That was really great. And uh, we'll play that at the end of this episode, too. Just, a, just an added bonus. Uh, That's going to be a shock. It is. If you're not into really heavy shit, maybe turn off the podcast about two minutes before the actual uh, end time ends. But uh, yeah, but the Stay the Fucking Side song, really, really good. Uh, your quarantine content's been really fun. Also, uh, our buddy Vin Craig's been doing some great quarantine content. Yes, he uh, has. Just been through <laughs> doing some really funny videos of just him by himself, uh, just do, making just weird, <laughs> stupid jokes. And uh, really, I've <laughs> been really enjoying those, too. Uh, so, yeah, if you're making stuff, you know, let us know about it. And uh, if you want to be on the podcast to promote that stuff, that would be great, too. You know, we we need content, too. We're doing a podcast here, people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. So I think that about wraps things up for this week, guys. Uh, so Kyle, thanks so much for joining us again. You know, really appreciate Thank it. Yeah, you know, thanks for jumping on the podcast again. Uh, where can we find you online this week? Generally, I'd say don't find me online. Yeah, but uh, I'm gonna be <laughs> but posting. collaborate, Kyle. I'm collaborating now. <laughs> I'm gonna be posting some more stuff on my YouTube channel, which is Kyle C Vox V O X. That's where my "Stay the Fucking Side" song is, and uh, sure. I'm working on a cover song with my friend Sharon. Gonna be posting pretty soon. Um, and I have also recently decided to open up my podcast theme making skills. Uh, <laughs> ooh. uh, my cousin Caitlin got in touch with me. She's starting a lifestyle podcast and she asked me to write her a theme and I'm like, you know what? This isn't like the first one I've done. This isn't the third one I've done. I've done a couple of these. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe if anyone's interested in like a custom made podcast theme song, I can do 15 seconds. I can do a minute. I can do whatever you like kyle's podcast themes at gmail.com cool and uh you can also follow kyle yes. <laughs> sorry Mike i was just very that. excited by that specific email address <laughs> I, it's just blunt and it's, it's all you need it's great it's to the point it's perfect yeah and you, you can also exactly where you're getting yes and you can also follow follow kyle on twitter by the way at babu thick is uh i believe your <laughs> your twitter handle at the moment uh yes it is so everybody should go follow that it's great uh, <laughs> I don't post anything, but just follow it through the Twitter handle. Exactly. <laughs> just to reward you for the Twitter handle. That's, that's really yep. great. I am amazed that you're the first one that got there for that one. <laughs> my, my friend Dan texted me. He goes, Babu Thick is still available. I'm like, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right. So that's uh, that's Kyle stuff. Thanks again for jumping on this podcast, Kyle. Thank you for having uh, me. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd.
You can find me at uh, M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram, and always through the uh, Alt 1015 app or the Kiss FM app or any of the radio stations that I'm on. You can find them. They're based in Missoula. Uh, thank you for listening to Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DiPriccio and Kyle Cullen. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. Contact us at Mike and Mike Go to the Movies at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Mike and Mike Pod. And you can find the rest of our podcast in Rapture Press alongside the Review Zoo, a podcast about all kinds of geek news and stuff. So we'll be doing some more bonus episodes in the future. Uh, maybe brain shopping. Brain shopping is not the word I wanted to use. Work- it is now. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> I was going to say either workshopping or brainstorming. You're brain shopping. <laughs> but now brain shopping is the word. We're going to be brain shopping some bonus episodes, uh, some, some more some stuff. Some workstorming, some new stuff. <laughs> Some stuff that isn't just like a, you know, an hour long discussion segment, but uh, we'll figure something out. Uh, In the meantime, our Jeff Goldblum podcast is weekly. We just released our episode on 1977's The Sentinel. And on the next one, we're talking his role in 1977's Best Picture winner, Annie Hall. And that's the end of this week's Mike and Mike Go to the Movies. We'll see you on the other side. Just